Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Rewild My Bio. I'm your host, Sean Slade. Totally thrilled to be here with you today, kicking off 2021 in true fashion of the show, talking about love and light, connecting with nature uh, through psychedelics, talking about uh, indigenous land management, talking about a whole lot of stuff here today with my good friend and the wild and wonderful Colin Jackson. Colin is a health coach in London, Ontario, Canada. He does his uh, online health coaching. So he actually does this with folks from all around the world. So super excited to have Colin in here again, because he was here actually as like my first ever interview last year in uh, 2020. He was here in January in episode three. So Today's episode, uh, we actually talked to Colin about kind of like a follow-up from last episode, talking to him about what it was like being a gym owner in 2020. And uh, if you remember episode three, Colin talked all about an amazing uh, dream he had and a vision that he brought to life in creating a new fitness, a larger fitness facility and expansion um, for their fitness and yoga studio. And uh, yeah, what happened? The whole story is uncovered here in this episode today. Honestly, it was um, a great episode. We went to a whole host of different topics somehow. Um, and I think quite, uh, quite practical anyways, for folks who might be looking in that mirror that is 2020 and, uh, maybe having a hard time letting go of things that had died or fallen to the wayside in, uh, in 2020. So Colin talks about his experience and how he goes about doing just that. And in fact, um, in this episode, I found it interesting anyways. Today, I got back in front of my desk and looking at some emails and things like that. And I see a study that popped up at the end of December. Um, I'm going to pull that up here now because it's relevant to what Colin and I dive into today in and around psychedelics uh, and improvements of mental health um, as well as nature connections. So this paper, uh, I don't even know, Health Psychology Open, it's more of a review, but speaking, the title of his the title, title of it, rather, is The Potential Synergistic Effects Between Psychedelic Administration and Nature Contact for the Improvement of Mental Health. So uh, a really interesting paper where um, basically they looked at some of the mechanisms, and Colin and I kind of uh, postulate on what we think certain mechanisms are um, between psychedelic therapy or administration or psychedelic use um, and mental health benefit. And uh, this paper actually specifically here, I'll read from the abstract, it says therapeutic psychedelic administration and contact with nature have been associated with the same psychological mechanisms. So decreased rumination and negative effect. Um, so obviously decreasing the amount of, of negative moods you're having, um, enhanced psychological connectedness and mindfulness related capacities. So again, kind of, um, allowing us to connect with others and ourselves and be more mindful. Um, and then heightened states of awe and transcendent experiences, all processes that have been linked to improvements in mental health amongst both clinical and healthy populations. So um, I do think that's neat because obviously here in this episode today, you'll hear what sounds like a pretty transcendent or we specifically focus on that mechanism of transcendence and how psychedelics can help with that. So um, yeah, really interesting paper and I will put it in the show notes uh, because I guess I'm 
I'm leading here with this today because I'm just asking you, the listener, um, as always, to stay open-minded to some of this stuff. It's been over a year now of uh, me putting this podcast on, and I know psychedelics has been a topic often talked about, and I find it fascinating that um, this is by, I'd say, it's no coincidence really, um, but all these papers coming out here in relation to uh, psychedelic use and nature connection, and I think this one here, it kind of really lays it out for the practitioner, so I know this is quite a big uh, paper in regards to, uh, you know, if you're into nature connection and you're also keen on how psychedelics, um, you know, can actually increase nature relatedness. So um, research does suggest that experiences with classical uh, serotonergic uh, psychedelic compounds, say like psilocybin, um, can foster sustained increases in nature relatedness um, and appreciation for contact with nature. So psychedelics being, I think, quite an amazing medicine here when we're looking at the amount of uh, disassociation or lack of contact um, or lack of, you know, nature relatedness with urbanization, right? And I think that maybe this medicine right here might help us remember that we are part of this living earth, right? So really interesting stuff. I'll link it in the show notes if you're into looking at studies and things like that. Um, What else can I say about today's episode. Well, um, yeah, we dive into a whole bunch of different topics. We're talking about, uh, you know, our experience as business owners and having the kind of rug pulled out from underneath of you, so to speak, and how we went about, um, you know, kind of that ego dissolution around, uh, you know, tying our identity in with, say, your occupation. We get uh, into some nitty gritty stuff, things I've always wanted to talk to my friend Colin about in regards to uh, his indigenous uh roots. And yeah, it was really, uh, an interesting, uh, overall conversation for me to get to know my friend better, but at the same time, um, to hear someone's, uh, you know, this specific story, I think, and how spirituality has played a role in Colin kind of rising above and seeing with kind of more eagle eyes as to, uh, you know, the fact that we are all one and there's this more so the biggest pandemic maybe right now is this illusion of separation. So I truly do love everything Colin had to say here. Um, his wildest dream for the earth. I think it was beautiful. Please stick around to the end for that. And other than that, um, yeah, how to find Colin, all those things in the show notes, please do check him out. If, uh, you know, you're starting off this new year and you are looking to make some health changes, some health, you have some health goals and you want some professional help with that. I highly recommend Colin. Um, and yeah, with whether you're in the London, Ontario region or not, I think it's really important that, uh, yeah, you put Colin on the list anyways, the short list in my opinion. But anyways, without further ado, we're going to kick this one off. I don't think there's too much uh, housekeeping stuff I can say otherwise. I'm really excited to be here this year. We've got a new look. We've got a new uh, badge for the uh, podcast and everything like that. Had a good friend drop a sketch of me. And uh, yeah, we stuck it on there. So I had a lot of fun doing that. Other than that, um, yeah, stay tuned for exciting newsletters this year. Uh, High quality content over... uh, quantity. That's my number one goal this year here with the podcast. And a lot of stuff will be going into the newsletter. I know you guys have heard me promise before uh, my nature connection research being shared here on this channel. And if you have listened to this show over the course of its first year, you will realize I did not throw too much uh, of my research in there. I'm still stewing on it, still working hard. Um, Of course, you throw in the coronavirus, you throw in uh, purchasing 28 
acres of the Canadian Shield, which I did last year, and just the amount of time I wanted to spend up there without technology, um, there wasn't as much, let's say, studies going on last year. But this year, head down, and in fact, I'm in the writing phase. So super pumped to be finally sharing this stuff and looking forward to publishing a paper here, hopefully uh, within the coming months. So yeah, please stick around. Stay tuned via the newsletter because I will be sharing all the amazing quality content that we have coming up here on the show. Um, I'll be doing blogs and yeah, synthesizing and disseminating this nature connection stuff. So yeah, check out the show notes for this one today. It's at rewildmybio.com slash illusion of separation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Rewild My Bio, a self-help and alternative health podcast. I'm your host, Sean Slade. Join me as I share stories, science, and strategies to help you rewild your biology and redefine your biography. You got the headphones on. You're doing like a real podcast, right? Yeah, totally. <sighs> Should we well, do some hoppe? And some hoppe before this? Some hoppe? What, do you, you have some? some? Do you I have some? <laughs> Not on me. Do you got some? I got some uh, at home. Okay. Oh, do you? I could have, I did uh, smoke a little tobacco prior to you coming, so I got oh, a little nice. bit of psh, little, boost. Little, but this is, uh, this, is just rose, this is rosemary essential oh, oil. Nice. What does that do? Helps with the memory. It just gets me in the think work zone kind of thing when I come in here. Just smell it. We're probably already, uh, we're probably already going to just start here, this podcast, Colin. All right, man. Let's do it. And uh, with that, I'll say, uh, everyone, welcome to the show. I've got my good friend Colin Jackson back here in the studio and uh, welcome to the show again. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great to have you because I think your story, I want to get it from you. I want to just get a recap on 2020 (laughs) and it's, uh, I think your story is great. If you're a listener of the podcast, you will know that Colin was in here on episode three. Um, mm. discussing how to manifest your dreams and your goals <laughs> and how to live those things. And then 2020 came around and just threw a little bit of a... <laughs> it threw like a monkey wrench in uh, things yeah, you could say, right? I think in everybody's. So I just thought from a, uh, what I was thinking is like a small business owner perspective, mm-hmm. a, a gym owner, um, you know, of all of all types of businesses one could own in 2020, that was one that most people probably didn't want to own. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you did. And I think I know, yeah, a lot of folks in your shoes. And uh, yeah, no, I just think I really want to get that small business owner perspective from you and what kind of come from can come from that. Because I think what I think a lot of people's story um, who are were small business owners in 2020 might have looked not so good. I know a lot of folks who, you know, took this opportunity, this, um, you know, shut down of the economy and everything as they saw it as an opportunity and they made good things come from it. Mm-hmm. And I found that, uh, it seems people that had a business that they were running in a conscious way or in a way that is more sustainable, let's say with the cycles of nature or more connected to listening to that voice that might guide them, they're doing all right. Yeah. And so you're one of those guys. That's a long way of saying, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like anyways, you're one yeah. of those. And if, and if you're not, I'm not saying it's just this glorious story of ease and, you know, I'm sure there's some hardship, but I'd love to, uh, I guess, start there uh, for folks and just chat about, um, let's actually take folks back to your journal. You were just telling me about 
yeah. 2020, beginning of 2020. Yeah. What so were your plans? <laughs> yeah, man, 2020, hey, mm-hmm. the year of the mirror. That's what I've, uh, mm-hmm. that's what I, uh, I heard that on another podcast. Today. Yeah. It's really a interesting way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, 2020 started out pretty awesome, you know, for a lot of folks, I think. Um, but for me, you know, I had this, this process of, you know, journaling every, you know, new year and, and whatever. Um, and so what I had written down in my journal for January of 2020, if you look back at it, it's very much so prioritizing work, mm-hmm. quote unquote work, right? Career, mm. um, career trajectory, business growth and whatnot. It was all focused on that, right? So I had written, you know, grow and expand into new fitness and yoga studio, right? That was like number one. And, um, you know, for the pre and, and actually our, so our, our studio had been in the process of being constructed mm-hmm. at the time that I wrote that. So, um, that was a process that began the previous July or August. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was a result of consistent visualization and, you know, uh, doing a meditative practice around, you know, creating what it is that I want to see in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's how I know that stuff works, but you know, so right. We, we talked all about it on that last we talked, episode. Yeah, so, we talked all of it. So yeah, with can, some practical stuff yeah, too. Yeah, kind of. Which a lot of that is still true. You know, if you oh yeah, like you know, it's not that it's wrong necessarily, but you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily complete. Mm. Right. So um, January twenty twenty is set my intentions and uh, continue to persist with visualizing and meditating on you know this growth and expansion of you know my gym and and uh, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I just kind of lost my train of thought there. What was I saying? No. Um, <clears throat> so we moved into the mm. new space, February yep. 2nd of 2020. And it was awesome. It was like, Oh my yep. God, this is such a feeling of accomplishment. Look at me. Mm-hmm. This is so great. I'm so great. We're so great. Mm-hmm. This is awesome and everything. And you know, part of me was, I, I think, you know, I, I was doing it. Well, I get, oh, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll just kind of stick with the, the timeline here mm-hmm. for now. Um, <laughs> and so we were in there for, you know, a month and 16 days, March 17th, 2020. We all remember what happened in, yep. in London, Ontario, right? We were all ordered to shut down. Right. So, you know, prior to that point, you know, the gym shutting down and me no longer having the gym was like the worst possible thing that could happen. Oh my God, that would be the worst mm-hmm. thing, right? Oh, if we had to close or went out of business or whatever, that would be the worst thing. So yeah. painful, so painful, right? There's, it would feel like a death and like a mourning and, and not, sh- not really not sure how I'd be able to like recover from that. So that For was sure. kind of like the mindset that I was in. Uh, lo and behold, you know, that essentially is what happened. Right. Um, and then so COVID hit, we had to kind of transition things online. So we did a lot of like, you know, live classes on Zoom and, and um, you know, online workouts and, and so on. And I think, right. you know, it's really interesting because I think it was at the end of July, July 22nd of 2020, I think it was the day that we were allowed to reopen was, yeah. by the government. Yeah. And I remember finding out about this but three days before. So I think it was like July 18th or something like that. We're like, oh, okay, so we can, we can reopen on July 22nd. So part of me was like relieved, right? That we would get to reopen. Mm-hmm. And the other part of me was deeply saddened. Really? Yeah. 
and just the realities of the stress and the anxiety mm. and the workload that it's going to take to get the business back up to, and running. Yeah. So, I mean, that you're saying the stress that it would take just to get back into the business um, and keep it, get it up and running again, but then just the day-to-day stuff of you and that mm-hmm. identity as gym owner Colin, right? And just mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, like you're saying that that was just kind of stressful yeah. for you, right? The, the whole, so is that, do you think that was a kind of a piece of that? Not just the getting back and reopening and, oh, I got to have hand sanitizer here and there. It wasn't just that. You think it maybe was a little bit of coming back to that um, identity, if you will? Or Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, I had, throughout the lockdown, I had grown kind of accustomed to doing things online. And and uh, what, you know, what we had done was we had our staff running the online classes and I was there recording and filming workouts, you know, posting them on YouTube and sending them links to our clients so they keep people kind of on track and engaged that way. And I just found that that was such a nicer way to live for myself. Mm-hmm. Like that was like, okay, I can do like batch, do these, this, this work and, and kind of do the rest of coaching stuff online. And I found that that was bringing a much greater sense of ease into my life nice. and like flow. Right. And, you know, when, when we were told that we could reopen on July 22nd, I felt like that sense of ease was now going away mm. and I would have to return to the sense of hustle, to the sense of grind and, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And that's kind of what, what saddened me the most is I got really, um, right. really, yeah, I, you know, throughout the first lockdown, got to know myself a lot deeper. I got to know what it is that I truly want right. and what I really wanted, what my heart really wanted wasn't the identification of being, you know, a big deal, like you and I talked about right, before, yeah, right? Right. Well, it's interesting too, because yeah, here you are like saying like, you know, you love that life. When we chatted a year ago, it was like, oh, I was, was pumped awesome. for you. I could yeah. feel it. I knew it was going to be, you know, it was great. And, uh, yeah, it's like, here you are loving that part of your life, but then all of a sudden getting this time to sit with yourself and be like, wait a minute, that's not really what I want. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, kudos to you for, for one, realizing that and using that time as that, because that's just it. I think if folks use that time as that, mm-hmm. um, then you could f- get quiet with yourself and then really feel feel out what your true nature is or what your true purpose is. Right. Because yeah, yeah, I've been there before. And we were saying that, as you mentioned that, um, yeah, like, you know, here, here I was in my day building a business that became quite big kind of overnight. And, uh, with that came the ego that would identify with Mm -hmm. that, you know, successful business entrepreneur, um, you know, kombucha brewer guy. And yeah, as soon as that was kind of just rug pulled out from underneath me, you know, much like this, pandemic and a shutdown would have been to your business all Mm -hmm. of a sudden when you're in a business with your significant other and that falls apart then all of a sudden you know same idea kind of happened to me so letting go of what others you know how others perceive me was the hardest thing in all that and it took the longest and it wasn't until and I've said this before on the show but it wasn't until a vision quest where I truly got quiet enough to actually let that part of me die so kind of like an ego death and it literally was me convulsing and like having an exorcism in the woods mm, on yeah. day on day four or you know the last night going into the last night of the of the quest yeah and I'm like literally like oh I think I'm just like dying here I felt <laughs> I felt like I felt amazing after like I was yeah. like thinking like this is like a medical emergency right now like do I have yeah. to like shout out for help but like no I didn't physically die it was it was just it felt like I was going to um but in that letting go um 
I got that weight off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So what I thought I used to love in my life, and I sure, I mean, I love entrepreneurial endeavors. I love uh, trading products that would help people increase control of their health and all that. But it's not, um, it's, it's specifically, it's the caring of what other people thought about me that I really had to be like, I don't need this anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And then as soon as that was gone, it's like, oh, geez, I actually really am called towards this, which I always knew, but I got distracted when everything got busy, right? With, with a business that took off. So, um, it's amazing how, like, I think our culture, we, we put that entrepreneurial, or at least we used to put entrepreneurs yeah. and things like that on a pedestal <laughs> in this country, you know, the American dream, go somewhere, start your own business and yeah. make it for yourself kind of thing. At least that used to be the American dream, um, pun intended there. But, uh, no, I really do think that, um, yeah, anymore, it, it, our culture doesn't, I think we might, we're in this new transition right now of our myth, of our story here in the West. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I don't know, I don't know if that value will come back. I don't know if, I don't know if, um, you know, tying your identity to success in the business world is something we need to put on the pedestal. I still think it's important to be able to pursue your own entrepreneurial endeavors and things you're passionate about and make a go mm-hmm. succeed and fail on your own doings. But um, I don't know right now, you know, whether or not that will really be um, always valued. I, I think it's important, but I don't know. But anyways, I'm segueing. Let's talk about your, uh, so, so anyways, I guess to recap your story or if, if I'm hearing you right, yeah, it was, um, you looked at it as an opportunity. You, you, you got quiet, you saw what was maybe a new direction and you went there. So what, what exactly did you, how did you guys change in July then when you had to come back? Yeah. So, um, I think Chelsea and I both felt that both felt like the, like the, sense of stress coming back on right mm-hmm. not to say that it wasn't stressful throughout it freaking was yeah. right if you're like you know <laughs> you're watching your your revenues decline you know week by week and you know members canceling and, and whatnot so like there's that mm-hmm. that stress obviously um but i think you know what what really helped me was to learn that none of it means anything mm-hmm. you know sounds pretty Sounds pretty, uh, what do I want to say? I was say hippie-ish of you. Like, yeah. oh, it's all like money buys nothing. It's like that. Line <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, it just doesn't. And it's interesting what right, you no. said about, you know, letting go of caring what other people think. And, you know, for like what I've kind of come to understand, I guess, is what other people think is none of my business. Mm. That's what other people think. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's, that's, they're having their experience and it's, I can't change that. Right. And it's none of my business. Right. You know, it was like kind of like that letting go process, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, so, <laughs> um, circling back to your question, what happened after July 22nd? Mm-hmm. I think that was your question. Yeah. Um, yeah. How'd you guys get back? How do we get back? Yeah. So, um, then we met with another business owner in town just to kind of like, just to really to talk and, you know, have a, a shared experience together, I guess. And, uh, this guy's another gym owner and, um, <clears throat> It's funny, like it just kind of like naturally flowed. Like, like I think so. Chelsea and I, throughout COVID, we came to decide that we we wanted to shift online. Mm-hmm. Right, we wanted to make that shift in our life to you know give ourselves a little more freedom, like way less overhead mm-hmm. and uh, and whatnot. So, but we just didn't know what that was going to look like and how long that was going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so we met with another gym owner and, uh, honestly, we both just kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, how about you just take over, <laughs> you know? Yep. And, uh, um, and this guy, his name, so I mean, you know, anybody listening to this can just Google 
Bo Fit. He's the guy that took it over. Oh, Bo, right. Bo Parsons, right? Oh, right now. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. And yeah. um, so we just like, Bo, well, how about you just take over? Like, and, and it totally fell in line with his vision for himself and what he wanted right. for his life and, and whatnot. So it's it a really kind of seamless transition. So that happened right. in September. Wow. You know, our, our plan, quote unquote, our plan getting back to it, you know, was to transition online over the course of a year or two. You know, meanwhile, I like to say God has other plans. Right. You know? Yeah. So this wow. transition took, you know, less than two months, what we thought was going to take, you know, up to two years. Right. And then so during that transition, that's when I at least felt the the crux of the ego death, right, of the the identification of like, okay, you know, I'm no longer Colin Jackson, owner of BPM Fitness and Yoga anymore. That that part of me is is dying, is in transition. And now I'm, you know, so that it was a bit of a painful process to come to and mm-hmm. for my ego. Mm-hmm. And uh, to realize like, okay, that's not going to be who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have that, who am I? Because I owned BPM for like four years. Mm-hmm. Right, know? yeah. So it was a, and it was a freaking it was a grind the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, As 10, are, 12 yeah. hour days. And, right. You know, you know, what especially like. in the business of, yeah, personal training, of course. Yeah. And then you own, add owning the business and everything else. Yeah. yeah. So to go from that to, you know, what, what I'm doing now, which is, you know, coaching online, uh, overhead is significantly less. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going from in just you know, numerical terms, I guess, so you're going from like 20% profitability to like you know, 90%, mm-hmm. um, which means I'm working way less. Right. Which isn't right. a Makes whole sense. new Makes for, for, I don't, I wouldn't probably label myself as a workaholic, but for a workaholic mm-hmm. is a whole new level of discomfort. Right. Just, sitting, a, doing just nothing. sitting there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. Or thinking like sure. you're doing nothing, you know, yeah. and, and thinking that like there's, right. you need to be doing more, you know, right. what the hell, man, you know, you're you used to work 12 hour days. You need mm. to be on this if you're going to make if you're going to be successful. So it, it's interesting right. because, you know, even though, you know, the physical brick and mortar gym, um, and, and yoga studio kind of went away, the mindset and the belief that you have to, you know, burn yourself out in order to see success was still something that I had to let go of. Right. You know, and in the process of letting go of. So what, uh, yeah. So, I mean, kind of a heavy question to ask you, I don't know if there's a specific moment or was it just like a download you got, or I don't, you don't necessarily need to remember, but what, what were the things you did that allowed you to kind of chip away at that identity crisis of identifying yourself with the business say, right? Like what, was there anything specific? I know you're a man of, of health and fitness and you, you meditate and do breath work and things like that. But like, was there like a breath work session? You know what I mean? I'm just trying to say like, was there anything specific or was it just, you know, having a footing in, 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 in nature connection and yeah. Lifestyle. No, that's a good question. Well, just for, folks, <laughs> just for folks that are saying like, geez, I want to lose this identity because I lost yeah. this job last year or I did this, whatever. And I know a lot of folks are looking in the mirror over yeah. the last year. So it's like, what, how did you come out? I feel like, you know, on, on top, yeah. still, still smiling. No, that's a, that's a great question. So what I did is <laughs> not to say this is what I encourage everybody else to do, but what I did was, uh, I went into, you know, the wilderness, mm-hmm. um, with, uh, with a friend of mine and, uh, he was, he acted as a guide for me and I did a, you know, 10 grams of psilocybin. Mm-hmm. mushrooms right so a former a former guest a, here of the podcast that you had introduced me to um steve Beatty, correct mm-hmm. episode i don't know but uh, breathing in nature yeah yeah um, and yeah we had lightly touched on the topic of psychedelics so I, I do want to bring his name in here not only for his his offerings with breathing in nature but uh just because he's a folks who've been listening to the show say, yeah. had noticed he's got a lot of uh, wisdom and so did you i guess oh, on yeah. this 
yeah. journey. And, uh, you know, it's like, I had kind of been in that process of letting go. Like I've always been okay. a spiritual guy, like from a very young age, from right. childhood pretty much. And, you know, we can talk about that yeah, we'll later, that. uh, get into that a little bit. I know you had some questions about, mm -hmm. you know, my identity as an indigenous right, yeah, we'll, we'll person. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so so yeah, I, I went into the wilderness with him and, and, uh, took a heroic dose. I mean, well, I guess five grams is a heroic dose, but right. you know, so I took 10 ish Yes. and oh my God, that's if you, you want to, you know, get connected in a visceral way to the truth that your physical existence is limited and that physical death is an illusion. Right. <laughs> do that 10 grams of water that'll do the right. trick yeah. that'll do it but um i think you know that so i had been in this process of letting go of you know because i was aware of you know that um that is just my ego right? right like even going through the that painful process of letting go and i was recognizing okay i, I know this is just my ego having a having right. a trip here having a fit and um so i had kind of I had some tools and mechanisms of, of doing this right through mm -hmm. meditation, like you say, through breath work and, mm -hmm. and things like that and, and various things. And, um, so getting clear on where, you know, your ego is trying to create a story that might be like, whether yeah. it be victim or like attachment or all these things you, you, by doing those things, you're creating space and clarity in your mind yeah. to actually say, like, look at it with like a new eyes essentially. Yeah. Right. Just, yeah. Yeah. Cause with psychedelics, I, I feel like, you know, it's, they're not necessarily a magic pill, but what they will, sh they will show you mm -hmm. where your belief systems lie. You know, they will show you things about yourself and, and from there it's up, up to you to let it go. Mm -hmm. It's up to you to, you know, do it, you know, do it, what you, what do, you maybe yeah. saw or what you had experienced or yeah. carry it, carry it out. It's not just like take it and it's like a, yeah, it's not yeah. like a, I want to fix, I want to take this and it'll fix well, my depression. It's yeah, it's not like a quick fix mentality where I think a lot of folks think of medicines for mental health or, or, you know, psychological health. And they think of taking something and it making it go away. Like mm -hmm. this thing, it takes something, you take something and you have an experience that you learn from and then you take that back what's up to you yeah. to take that back and then do do things still yeah. so and it, and it does make that easier because you're seeing maybe how silly this part of your ego or identity was to right. say hey i'm only worth i'm only known for my business so therefore yeah, you know, yeah. that means i'm this yeah right. so so the sense of colin was like disappearing it, this i'm talking about like in the actual journey that i took so, right. so in that took in, 10 grams in the trip Colin i'm like yeah i'm you know about an hour or two into the trip and and i am peaking you know and and you know the, the sense of identity of who i am who colin is was just like just becoming deconstructed mm -hmm. you know like just so colin is a gym owner nope you're not that mm -hmm. you're much bigger than that you know, Colin as a husband. Nope. You're not that, you know, mm -hmm. Colin is Colin. Nope. You're not that either. You know, um, you say you're much bigger than that. What do you mean? Like you're, so is that what the message you kind of got? Was that you, you got a sense of being bigger than that. So like in your body or like a, like, a, a cognitive like sense of it or uh, like more, more real, like visceral felt it in your body that you're bigger than that. Like you could, yeah. yeah. Like, and when you, when you, when you went there thinking that you're bigger with it, did it help you, um, let go then of that? Was it like, was there a, well, yeah. I mean, like it was kind of like my experience with it. It was, it, I didn't really have a choice in the matter. It was becoming, it was being deconstructed. Right. There's right? happening and you just had to it deal with like, it. Yeah. You kind of had to, had to come to terms and, and, and let go and, and let go of the resistance. Right. Cause, cause you know, half of me is like, 
you know, I'm, I'm watching this, this part of myself becoming deconstructed, which is terrifying, mm-hmm. you know, in the moment it's like, it's like, Oh my God, like, so I, I don't know anything it. other than this. And this is just is disappearing. This is going away. Like mm-hmm. what's, what's going to happen? What's beyond this? I don't, mm-hmm. it's like that kind of fear of the unknown. Right. Right. So which creates resistance to the actual experience of surrendering. So, mm-hmm. I, so I just kind of surrendered and let go mm-hmm. of the resistance. Right. And then just allowed the experience to happen. Right. So, does that answer No, it, it does. It really does. It, it creates a picture because that's just it. I think uh, there's a mechanism there within, you know, uh, well, one with the, the fact you're setting there, which mm-hmm. was, you know, backcountry camping trip. Yeah. Um, and then two is just, uh, yeah, like the fact that you were, I guess, ready and willing to, uh, well, I should say ready and willing, obviously ready and willing to let go. But I guess I'm just looking at the mechanism that is, that allows somebody to take this thing and learn from it. Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, it's like this feeling that I've gotten in the past where it's just like, there's resistance, there's struggle. This is discomfort. If I keep holding on to this narrative in my head. Mm-hmm. And as yeah. soon as you accept that, Hey, you're no longer this gym owner or, you know, business owner, or whatever. Um, it goes, ah, and, yeah. you, and you get this flood of endorphins and feel good hormones, you know, depending on maybe the plant medicine you're doing. But like a lot of times you're, and I would say in a sense, like rewarded with like, a sense of being lifted up in yeah. a spiritual sense, like yeah. actually physically, like you feel your body, you feel, it's almost like if you were to go to a chiropractor and get a really good adjustment, all of a sudden you can breathe better, mm-hmm. right? Or you go do a really good stretch and you just all of a sudden breathe better. It's like you almost grow an inch and you feel taller while in this medicine space with the plant medicine. That's how I would say it. And I feel like that right there in those, there's a chemical process going on. This is just me you know, speaking anecdotally or as assuming, I guess there's got to be some type of process going on, whether it's chemical happening, whether it's an energetic release and your, your energy field, if you will, just becomes, um, healed. It just becomes more balanced. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and your whole body feels that like yeah. you feel it and it's, yeah, sure. You feel it internally, but I'd say there is an external like lifting of spirits that happens through it. Right. Yeah. And if, and, and the alternatives, if you don't do that, then it's just like, Ooh, this is going to be like one heck of a tough night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, cause then you sit there in it and then it's just like, geez, last, and then say the next day. Now I'm just like, but like you come out of those ones where you had a rough go and it's like, what couldn't I get last night or what, yeah. or when, whenever. Right. And, and then it's like, again, maybe it was a tough time, but with a journal or with time to sit there and integrate and reflect on it, you can actually make sense of, um, Oh, I see this is like, so sometimes it's not even in the medicine space and you get those releases. It's nice to get those kind of releases, I guess, on that, uh, smack level. But next day you come out sometimes and like, man, that was tough. I don't want to keep stressing over that. So I got to figure this out here now. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, um, yeah, like you say, it's not a fix, not a fix all for sure. Yeah. It just kind of shows you where your opportunities are. Right. Shows Mm -hmm. you the truth of things at a, you know, high enough dosage. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, high enough. Those that makes my palms sweaty just thinking about it. Yeah. Man. yeah. Um, so, is there anything else with that then? That like you, so you came out that night. Um, you know, you came out of it fine. You, you, you know, how was the rest of that that night? Yeah. Once you kind of realized, mm. once you sl- slowly started to, you know, detach yourself from that identity. Oh, it was awesome. Like I mean, just total heart opening. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I could let that part of me go, mm-hmm. and um, realize that what I am, I say what I am, not who I am, but Mm -hmm. what I am is much greater, right? It's like, and anybody who's spent a 
good amount of time in meditation or even, you know, taking plant medicines or, you know, work through, you know, 12 steps or Challenging whatever times it is. Challenging in life, right? divorce and anything, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's all kind of leads to the ultimate knowingness that, you know, there's, there is no I, yeah. you know, there is no me. Mm-hmm. There is just oneness with being. Right. You know, Eckhart Tolle talks about oneness with being and being in the now and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there's just this moment of, or moments, I guess, this deep knowing of like what I am is greater than the little self with the yeah. lowercase s. And, and that, and that's what you're saying kind of in that, in that experience then that's where you kind of, cause I mean, I'd again, we'll chat about your spiritual past, but I'd say you have a pretty good sense of uh, capital S self mm-hmm. for people that I know. So in this though, you found that even yet again or more, or yeah, more, more than ever, more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. Well, yeah. It was like, what a year, like again, the setting that you had, the medicine that you had taken, the, uh, the, the questions you probably are entering into it with like mm-hmm. loss of a business that was awesome again. It's just, I, yeah, I, I mean, I commend you for being so courageous and taking the leap into, into that because it's, uh, yeah, it's just a heavy, heavy situation. Yeah. Right. Totally. But, since, yeah. but then again, the gain, I guess is, is more too, because, uh, mm-hmm. you've done the work and here you are saying, Hey, I got a question to ask. Right. Yeah. Um, where was I going to go? This is good stuff. Well, I have anything I'm, else in regards to that. Yeah. Okay, like so, I, yeah. I guess kind of, you know, circling back to now how that has changed my outlook or changed, you know, what I believe in terms of manifestation, <laughs> you know, it's like the last time we recorded a podcast yeah. was all about, yeah, like manifesting, visualizing and mm-hmm. whatever. It was still true. But now, now I, I don't focus on the materialism anymore, which oh. is an illusion. Right. 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 I, instead, I try to visualize and connect with how it is. How do I want to feel? Mm-hmm. You know, um, in terms of you know, like you know. Then I ask mm-hmm. myself, like, well, why? Why did I want a big successful gym in the first place? You know, and uh, you know, whether whatever the reasons that mm-hmm. were, and like, okay, well, why is that important? You know, and I go through that process of asking those five whys. Then you get mm-hmm. down to the deep part of like, okay, why? Right? Like, well, because I want to be important. And right. I, I want to feel like I'm doing something and I want to feel like a sense of accomplishment and, and whatever. Then you just realize that like, you know, accomplishment and the feeling of wanting to be important is just a part of your, you know, ego that hasn't processed any negative emotions yet. For and then sure. you process those negative emotions and let those go. And then you realize that like, okay, well, who cares about being important when you know and have this knowing that you're have an innate oneness with all right. that there is. Right. So now I guess how that, where that leaves me in my day to day is like, yeah, focusing on how it is that I want to feel. Well, I want to feel love. I want to feel mm. peace. Like my, my inner peace now is so important to me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maintaining that is like my top priority, you know, yeah. and like inner peace or love, God, self with a capital S, yeah. you know, source, the universe is all the same. Right? right. And And that to me is like what I want to invest in it's the new american dream i think really i think and that's why i kind of said that earlier like jokingly um you know saying that yeah entrepreneurship was the old american dream and now the new one is just wanting peace how how you do that if you make Mm -hmm. money for your yourself your community um or however that is done i I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the dream like i think the dream is to go a little bit deeper here Mm -hmm. and this is just it i mean we're in this transition of our mythology here in the west and i think that we're seeing a, a like 
spirit come back in. We're seeing nature connection yeah, being a big piece. Sure. We realize that we are more than the separate self, I think, as mm-hmm. a collective, or at least more and more folks seem to be, at least people that I'm you know, rolling with and learning from in that. Um, yeah, is that we're really getting back to that nature connection piece, and we're really realizing that uh, what we are is much larger than mm-hmm. just what we see here in front of us, right? So yeah, let's actually chat about that because I think, yeah, again, coming from you, this has a lot of weight because I've always known you as someone who's been spiritual. Um, and yeah, and, and, and I mean, and that's said too, like you said, you have an indigenous ancestors and blood. So I just think right now, it's just an interesting time. Obviously, um, I won't, yeah, beginning of January here, yeah, we're in for like, I think of a bumpy month when you look at the political landscape of the world right now. Yeah. And I just feel like right now, there's a lot of top down um, policy that's coming that's said to be for the people but it's not by the people. And a lot of times we're hearing a narrative, I think, um, I don't know, a narrative that doesn't sit well with us when we, when we watch mainstream news, I think a lot of us, we, we hear what's on the news and it doesn't sit well. It's like, we're being told, here's how to think. Here's Mm -hmm. what is what, like it's this ontological imperialism. So what we know being kind of like what science I'm putting air quotes here, what science says they know is being rammed down all of our throats. And here you are with a very unique, solid, uh, grasp on what you are. And, um, yeah, I think, I think from that, I think, I think you get that from your, your past and I'd love to hear your kind of your take on just the world. So I don't know, it's like a horrible segue and I'm not even really asking you a question, but yeah, tell, tell folks, I guess, tell me, tell me really, tell me about your like spiritual past and how, how that's evolved and changed and how your identity fits into that whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were talking about like the yeah the what the news and media and everything's shoving down our throats. I'm like everything and here's like everything going on in the world. Like I think I saw a post yesterday about some like a, a meme around like something going on Capitol Hill. And if you're listening to this, what's it's the, it's today? the seventh it's today? The seventh yeah. today. So you know, and I was like, well, what the hell's going on? And no, I have no. I, I like literally Googled right. what is going on <laughs> in USA because oh, no. I literally had no idea. And I think like for me, I've never watched the news. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have. Well, actually, that's not true. I have cable now, but for a long time, I, I don't watch cable. Mm-hmm. I watch Heartland on Netflix, and that's a that's a good one. If you want yeah, yeah. some comfort for your soul, there we go. For anybody listening, Heartland. Put it, put it in the show notes. I'm right. Yeah. Help. Yeah. It's a good show. It's great. It's about horses. <laughs> there you go. Very simple life. That's um, awesome. Anyways. So yeah, that stuff's nice right now. So, uh, yeah, I don't watch CNN or, or even CBC. And it's funny cause I say that, but I actually did tune into CBC news, um, not long ago, a couple days ago. And I was like, Whoa, they have like this, the scrolling, news headlines you know mm-hmm. like back in the day like cnn was the only news network to have that those things yeah and now like cbc has oh, that yeah. and yeah. just like yeah. it's an know, industry standard so and so was shot and murdered in Down palestine and like isis is this and like oh wow they're still reporting on like things like that right and like just wow. bad news bad news yeah all like and i'm like oh shit no wonder people are so right. afraid right now and so right. stressed out and it's like they're freaking have the news on right. and like it's just feeding you fear 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 right. be afraid be afraid yeah. and you know i'm not saying that in a way that you know proclaiming myself to be conspiracy theorist or anything i'm just talking no, about not. the emotion of fear right, right. like what what you're if yeah, you're watching if what you're watching is triggering fear inside of you then that might be something you want to look at right that might mm. be something you want to address right um anyway so 
Yeah. Long rant there. No, what, what I think you're going with that is, is like, here you are watching all this stuff that's fear-based and when we're getting into your spiritual, uh, you know, outlook on life, which I think is, has a lot of benefit for listeners. That's why I want to chat about it. But what is real? Like, is this stuff real? It, it, you know, sure. Again, not to sound conspiratorial, <laughs> but it, are these people rushing the capital? Is it real? And I'm, I'm not saying that it didn't happen. Maybe let's say it totally happened. Yeah. Right. But is it really real? Right. And so from your standpoint, given all the, you know, things you've done and experienced and whatnot, you just, your, 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 your background, what do you, what do you think about this? Is this real? What is real? What is real? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. So if you read A Course in Miracles, which Mm -hmm. is a fantastic book, I haven't even, I'm only through like the first, oh my God, it's totally mind blowing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, it says nothing real can be threatened. Mm -hmm. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. So in essence, what it's saying is, you know, God is, God is love, right? And only love is real. Everything else is just an illusion. Mm-hmm. Right. So, <laughs> so when you put on the TV and you're seeing this fear, 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 you shut the TV off, close your eyes, all that is, we're going to go on, yeah, a, maybe I mean, is silence and nothingness, the abyss, God. So that's really all there is if you shut the TV off. But if you turn the TV on, yeah. all of a sudden there's a virus and there's this and there's that. Yeah. And if, and you know, if it's, if it's creating fear and if you're afraid, you're not afraid because of COVID, mm-hmm. you're not afraid because of, you know, white supremacists storming the Capitol Hill or I don't mm-hmm. even know if that's the story, that but whatever, we'll just say <laughs> that's what it is for the sake of this conversation. Yeah. You're just, you're afraid. You have fear in you. Mm-hmm. And that fear is actually what is going to, at some point, drive you to do things that are dumb and irresponsible right. and, you know, cause you to do yeah. things to your body that isn't in line with your true nature and, right. and whatnot. So, so you got to let go of the fear. Right. Exactly. And yeah. When you let go of the fear, you can watch things like CNN with complete neutrality. And just see it as, oh, this is just a story that's being told. Right. It doesn't mean anything. Right. That's such a, that's such a rare thing in this day and age to someone just look at, like, here's just another story. So I, I mean, I really do think there's a good majority of folks, and that's why we're somewhat in this mess, I would say, is, is because so many folks see that that's on the TV and they take it as, like, they're reporting on everything that is super mm-hmm. important. So, therefore, this is real. It's just one story. It's not everything. Yeah. Like it can't, it possibly can't show you everything at once. Like, you know what I mean? That's it's like, possible. Yeah. It's like the matrix. Remember when like, so the first matrix movie mm-hmm. and like they're like Morpheus and Neo are in like the dojo mm-hmm. and like just Morpheus fucking what kicks his doing? ass, just yeah. whoops his ass. Right. And then, uh, and then Neo, like, like they're back in their ship and you know, his like lip is all bloody and he's like, I thought you said this wasn't real. You know, and Morpheus right. like, your mind makes it real. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like, it's like, that's a profound truth, real. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Our mind makes it real. I think there was also that scene where he's like, well, this is going off on a side tangent totally, but like, yeah, where it's like, we're basically being used to be turned into batteries. And if you think about it, it's like in all this stuff that's going on, it, it honestly, we, we kind of are becoming like machine. Like it's almost like you can almost like guarantee that given the message that people are getting, you almost know how people will react to it, mm-hmm. right? So it's like almost becoming robotic, our actions. It's almost predictable that if we say everyone that there's going to be this uh, virus coming out, everyone's going to go run and steal toilet, take toilet paper first, and then they're going to do this, 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 and this. And it's all, be- yeah, and it's again, because we're slowly 
believing that there's this real story out there, but we're not actually experiencing it for ourselves. We're not, we're not sitting with it saying, does this seem right? They're saying this and this, there's this death count, there's that case count, whatever. But like, how many people do I know in my life or, or, you know, or what, what is my experience with this? And people don't do that. And that's kind of why I think we're into this like mess. And that's why I see this as a pendulum swinging where spirituality's totally left our culture, uh, totally left our systems and institutions and the way we do business here in the West. And I'm seeing this as kind of that reclaiming of the self-willed, um, you know, greater than the small self I, like mm-hmm. where we're starting to really sit down and say, oh, this is what I think. And what I think is nothing but, you know, well, I'm not saying not everyone's going to think this, but when you sit quiet enough, I feel like you, again, work through shit where you might be projecting fear having fear about and you get quiet and you say ah i am peace i am love yeah right and that's what i think we're all being called to do because everyone's sick of fucking watching this new stuff but of course always engineering something to kind of keep us watching in in fear right but if we can do this if we can sit quiet and really kind of zoom out then i Mm -hmm. feel like ah there's the antidote right totally yeah yeah totally well um Let's keep going down your, cause we, yeah, we, I asked you a question, but we started kind of getting into what is real, which I think is a cool way of kind of chatting about spirituality in a way. But yeah, I mean, like I, I knew you when I first had met you some time ago, I, I, I remember meeting you as someone who was, you know, identified as Christian, I think maybe even did at that time or, or you still Probably. do or what, or I don't, I don't know, I don't know yeah. but right. But like, who's what? Christian? <laughs> <laughs> who's Christian? Who's Christian? Is, <laughs> just, it's like a cool name of like the nineties, I think. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, what, uh, how would you say your, uh, your life has looked, if you were to say like your, your spiritual beliefs or how, how have you evolved it? I think it's just a neat story. Just, just kind of, I don't know. It's man, it's like evolved through experience, I guess. And just Mm -hmm. as, you know, I think the, probably like the key, the key thing for me, my whole life is like having a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's led me to go through every experience that I've ever had as an opportunity to learn as something to grow from, mm-hmm. you know, which has ultimately led me to where I am today, you know, um, <clears throat> man. Yeah. Going way back. How far back do we want to go here? I don't know. Even for the people, I just think it's a, it's just a nice story. Or I'd like when to hear I the story first. Twinkle in my nah, you don't have to that far. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, born, born. And then like, well, cause here's what I would say. And, and this is maybe why I'm asking. Cause I've noticed this, um, trend within health mm-hmm. folk because that's what i do i look at trends within health i guess what the pop what the what the pop culture is like feeding us as far as health and where that's going so it's just like there was this new age movement around the 2000s let's call it where it's like yoga popped up everywhere i remember being in the late 90s hitting my first yoga thing up as a teenager and like so this whole eastern uh new age kind of yeah, yoga culture swept over Mm-hmm. Western world. And, um, at that time, you know, I had, had a friend who had passed away young at the age of like 20. Um, so I co- totally gave up on like, God, I didn't get what God would maybe have like taken my friend or how, how I understood at the time. And so I kind of left, you know, my identity as Christianity. I wouldn't say I was atheist by any means, but I just, you know, it's just not my thing anymore. Totally just abandoned any idea of spirituality and then had things happen in my life where again, I kind of had found that I needed to pull myself up again. And, and then, um, yeah, kind of getting involved in like holistic lifestyle coaching um, and different things led me towards this whole like Eastern new age kind of thing. And before I know it, I found myself going to sweat lodges, building drums, um, 
holding, carrying a, a pipe that is sacred to me, um, that I'll smoke as in times where I want to connect with God or connect with myself and just sit quietly. Um, yeah. And then as of late, the last year I started reading the Bible mm. again. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there was, I think, I think we had to, this pendulum again, I think we had to see it swing so far away from things like say Christianity and, um, other major religions into this kind of new age stuff to kind of, again, allow us to swing back and incorporate some of that stuff. And I, I don't know, maybe again, I'm speaking from my own personal journey right now, but that's how my journey looks. Um, and right now it's, I'm still very, uh, into experiencing God through my own, um, experiences and just relationships that I have in life. Mm-hmm. Um, reading the Bible isn't going to be like, for me anyways, is going to be like my end all be all, like the only word, um, because I'm trying to write my own Bible essentially. And by the time I'm dead, I will have written it, I think. Right. So I'm trying to experience God is what I'm trying to say. And that's, yeah. but, but that said, I'm finding a lot of benefit in reading the Bible, in learning about Jesus story and, um, yeah. And then kind of amalgamating that, with these practices like sweat lodge, I, I still love su- sweat lodges. So I'm just, I'm in, I'm still trying to like make sense of what this all means. But all, all I know is this, I've never felt more rooted in my connection with God and myself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have nature to thank for that and things like vision quests and living in the woods for a long period of time and things like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. How, how would you, would you say you notice the same type of thing going on or is yeah. that true to your story or? I think so. At least, and I mean, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. what I'm seeing, like, because I'm, I'm, I can definitely relate to that, and where I'm seeing this, the pendulum swinging the other way, where people are, <laughs> you know, starting to prioritize their health, you know, mm-hmm. um, particularly their mental health and emotional mm-hmm. health. Right. I think like COVID really brought, yeah, a lot of awareness around that. You know, mental health is important. <coughs> you know, right. people went through crazy depressions during the first lockdown, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think. You know, I kind of made this post the other day about it, but um, I think it's just a function of our our distractions being removed from us. So we had to go within, right? Mm. Which you had to go in and confront the fact that maybe we were depressed. Maybe we were the way that we're living is incongruent with our nature, which is creating anxiety and all this stress mm-hmm. and all these problems for ourselves. Right. So I can see where the pendulum is swinging the other way, mm-hmm. but, you know, but maybe that's just a real a reflection of where I'm at spiritually. Right. You know? Um, yeah, I had kind of an interesting or uh, I guess similar kind of journey to you. Um, you know, I grew up in a very spiritual home. My mom is indigenous. She's Cree, Northern Saskatchewan. She's a strong Cree woman. She's a healer in the community. Right. And, uh, you know, have her to thank for, for my, you know, that early childhood programming of like their, their like creator exists, you know, God exists and God is real. And, you know, this is what we do. And we smudged and we would do sweat lodge. I remember us having a sweat lodge in, in our backyard. And this was like, you know, early nineties at a time Mm -hmm. in a, in a Northern Saskatchewan community that had been largely impacted by residential schools. So, you know, I think, our, the sweat lodge we had in our backyard was probably one of two or three sweat lodges in our, in our area. Right. Um, so I kind of had that programming from an early start, right. I had that contact with creator and and Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny. Like my, um, (laughs) I am starting to remember it now, but my, my mom would often, you know, kind of remind me of when I was a child and, 
and uh, she would, her and my dad, we'd, we'd, we'd take these road trips as a family, my brother, my brothers and I, and my mom and dad. And, and uh, this is before Google and smartphones and whatnot. So you, you can't just check the weather mm-hmm. and see how the road conditions were going to be. So they what they would do is they would send me, so to speak, uh, to go ahead and check what the weather is going to be like and come back and report. And I was like five or six at the time. I know what I know now is that's remote viewing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So you, you wouldn't actually physically be going out there and no, checking out. You just no, be sitting just there and say, what's, what's it going to be? There, yeah. And I'd ask you, eh? They would wow. send me cause you know, as a child, you know, I think, you know, you don't have as much, you know, religious conditioning and programming right. and, and whatever and attachments to materialism. So the children can readily do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, when I say I'm yeah. pretty spiritual at a young age, I mean like we're going back quite far we're here. Being asked to cultivate and, it, and we don't we don't ask children at least most families. My family didn't ask. You know, it was like, hey, no, we'll check the weather. We're not going to ask the five year old what it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, right? how does a five year old know about right? the weather? Right. But, yeah. But it would be it would be accurate. You know, they would get right. there and be holy shit, this kid was accurate. Like what the hell? Like right. You know, and and you know, at the time, my mom was going through her own you know emotional mental, spiritual healing process, right? She had been learning about energy and chakras and, and things like that. So she, and, you know, remote viewing and astral projection was, you know, concepts that my dad and her were both very familiar with. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. So like, you know, yeah, Colin, go just check the weather for us and, you know, come back and there you go. So, <laughs> That's so funny. you know, fast forward a few years. So then, you know, but, you know, as a teenager, you kind of, you know, you fall out of it and, you know, Start chasing girls, chasing girls and jerking off and <laughs> watching porn and shit like that. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of what you get into and drinking and smoking weed and right. partying and, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. Forgetting um, your, your, your basis in, in God and like forgetting that, oh, yeah, the yeah. trust or that remembering that you yeah. are connected there. Right. Just totally getting involved in the, in the ego and the, yeah. 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 And the doings of the world. Yeah. You gotta figure out who I am, mm-hmm. you know, but you already knew. So I'll go party and have some. Bacardi 151 and (laughs) figure it out. (laughs) Right. No, that's what a lot of us did in, you know, throughout our lives. If you're born in the eighties or, you know, something like that. Yeah. I think that's pretty, and I mean, not just the eighties, many, many generations. That's what everyone did as a young man in the West. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Get drunk at that age. Yeah. Start working out. Actually, that's how we got into fitness Mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, I started working out when I was like 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was kind of like the the skinny kid, you know, growing up, I wasn't very athletic, Mm -hmm. didn't really play sports. My mom and dad, you know, as you can kind of see we're very, you know, um, uh, you know, nonviolence, mm-hmm. right. was a, they valued nonviolence. Mm-hmm. So therefore hockey is out of the question, mm-hmm. you know, getting checked into the, whatever the, what do you call those? The, the, the walls, board, the boards, the boards. How much I know about it. Northern Saskatchewan guy doesn't even know. The Which board. is hilarious. Cause everybody plays hockey. For in sure, Saskatchewan. Yeah. Ice everywhere. Fuck you, mom and dad. Why don't you let me play hockey? So more so the, violent. So the, just a family that's embracing like more so the healing arts and yeah, spiritual. Yeah. So, um, so naturally, you know, I wasn't very athletic, but you know, and like I was choking around about like, you know, jerking off watching board, but also there's a lot of video game playing that goes along with that. So, you know, just mm-hmm. like overall, just deconditioned physical body, right. Which kind of right. leads you to, you know, have this belief about yourself that you're weak and you can't really do stuff. So that's why I started working out because I wanted to gain some muscle and some confidence and mm-hmm. whatnot. But, um, anyway, so it was around, you know, the age of maybe 16, 17, I started getting into the Bible and mm-hmm. Christianity. So I had a couple of key friends. Um, so uh, my friend, um, whose name is Ambrose, and he 
uh, was kind of my, you know, acted as a mentor for me at that age. So he's one that got me into working out. So he, he was employed by the, by my high school to kind of oversee and supervise the weight room. So I learned a lot about working out from him and he taught me kind of how to squat, how to bench press, how to, you know, lift weights, how to gain muscle and stuff. And he's like a former, former, uh, uh Marine. So, you know, his mindset about it was pretty, the aggressive Milton. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I learned. Right. And, uh, and you know, then he kind of went through his own spiritual awakening and maybe awakening, I don't know, but, Mm -hmm. um, he was into, you know, the Bible and stuff. And so he'd teach me a lot about it. And then, you know, in grade 10 or grade 11, a small town, right. So you don't really get a whole lot of new people moving in. So anyways, this new family moved in a pastor and, um, and his wife and their two kids. And one of their kids was a girl. She's my age cute girl, you know, and I was like, Hey, you know, became friends. We became really good friends. We're still friends to this day. And, uh, you know, she was like, obviously big into the Bible. So I'd, you know, we'd hang out and I'd go to the Bible study and I just kind of something about it just started to resonate with me at that age. Right. Mm. So, but then of course there's that, like that spiritual ego that comes attached with that. And then, then, you know, all of a sudden I'm coming home and I'm, and I'm preaching to mom and dad about Jesus. And they're like, Colin, I remember my mom said to me one time, she goes, Colin, there will come a day where you will realize that there are many ways to God Mm, and Jesus is just one of those ways. And I could tell like she, that must have taken so much, you know, (laughs) self-control where I'm sure her like, you know, lowercase self just wanted to be like, shut the fuck up, Colin. You don't know what you're saying. It didn't come from your parents. It didn't come from your folks. No, no, it didn't come from my folks. Um, Right. (laughs) So... You know, uh, I kind of, you know, went through my experience with the church and, and all that and became disillusioned with the fact that I was like, okay, like, you know, something's just not resonating here anymore. And I can't really, you know, uh, reconcile the, the business, you know, of the church yeah. with, you know, the spirit. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I kind of fell out of that for a while and then, you know, slowly through my own, like, um, so, you know, my divorce, like I was married at 20. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, went through divorce and going through that whole process really kind of awakened that deeper spiritual side of myself. Yeah. So that's kind of where I, where, and that kind of brought me to where I am now, where Mm -hmm. I feel like now my view of everything is more complete and more whole, holistic, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and it's funny, like a couple of years ago, I was, maybe one or two years ago, I was saying to my mom, I was like, mom, remember that time you told me that? you know, Jesus is just one way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I get it now. I get, I get it, it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been told that many times, um, by Chuck and Sandy, who, you know, who yeah. lead the sweat yeah. lodges and that. And I, uh, there's seven and a half billion people on the earth. So therefore there's seven and a half billion different ways to mm. God. And I was just like, ah, really? I thought like, you know, that's just me thinking that there's yeah. some one way and we can teach everybody and get there faster. But it's like, no, everybody's yeah. kind of got to get there themselves. Right. Um, yeah. interesting. Yeah. No, I, I like, I mean, I, there's a lot I like about that story, but I think it was interesting how you were kind of getting into like, um, well, I won't even, I won't say like, again, the cultural, this cultural imperialism where mm. it's just like, yeah, again, like this, uh, ways of thinking about the way the world is right now are, are being kind of forced upon us by the top down being told that like, um, Indigenous leaders want this or land back and different things like, or, um, I just see so much coming from the top down right now. And I wonder what your perspective is as someone who is indigenous, right? Like it, it you know, um, 
you know, if, if you look at, say, my, my experience, my family uh, being all, you know, white folks, Caucasian, if you, I mean, you're white too. So it's weird. Just, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, this is just it though. It's I'm, we're, we would hear or if my family, for example, if they're just going to watch the news, for example, if someone like my family is just watching the news, they're going to hear that indigenous folks are coming to reclaim lane land. And, uh, if we're going to do anything environmental, uh, policy, it's got to come from their knowledge of the land. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just like, it's just an interesting time, um, to be, sitting here watching the news where everything's coming from this top down. And it's like, we're going to tell you what Canada means now. Canada now means um, indigenous people will tell us how we're going to adapt to climate change, for example. Yeah. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like what what's happening is we're tr- essentially losing our agency to decide what the story is we want to believe. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're losing agency over our spiritual selves. We're being told this is the way to do it. I see it as just, again, like another, um, just like residential schools existed like it was a cultural oppression that we, you know, the settlers came over and stuck people into, uh, you know, natives into residential schools and that. Now all of a sudden it's the same type of like top down, oh, you know, like uh, white supremacy is a problem. Therefore, we're going to, you know, do affirmative action hiring and we're going to hire this many people who are not white, basically. I, I feel like it's the same type of oppression being put in top down and it's supposed to be from this like better knowing place or like we know more. And I don't know, I guess I'm just looking to get like your voice as to where you're where you're at with this, like this climate of things, or if you can even want to comment on it at all, it's kind of like an awkward question to throw, throw at you. But I, it's something I've always wondered being yeah. friends. We never really sat down and chatted about it. So I thought, why not record it and <laughs> share it with people? I don't know. Probably should have just did this over coffee, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are yeah. right now when you're constantly hearing that. Like it's, it, I just see, it's like, for me, I see it as this ploy used to other people and fight and create fighting in, in that whole separation. I just see it as like the separation thing. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where, where I think you hit you hit the nail. What's that? Nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. It's just an illusion of separation, right? Just yeah. It's interesting. So growing up, you know, like you said, like you're indigenous, but but you're also white. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I mumbled around that so much. Purposes. If you look at me, I look pretty white. Yeah. Like I am. You're Colin Jackson. I like. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got curly brown hair. I got like you know white skin and whatnot. But uh, also this other part of me that was like my mom is like indigenous, right? Right. My dad was white, and it's funny. So I had this kind of this this idea of separation of white people. We'll say because at the time, white people and Indians. Okay. Right. Or white people, natives, or whatever. Mm-hmm. This 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 separation of like you're this and I'm that. Right. That idea didn't even get into my head. Okay. Until I was about six or seven years old. Okay. So, I remember having dinner with my with my family, and you know, we got a whole lot of indigenous artwork, and you know, like I say, we smudge and things every day. So I believe you know this is just the way to be right. We're just Just indigenous peoples and we're just people like just people in general. Right. Yeah. Something was said at the dinner table or shortly after, I don't recall what it was, but my father's reaction was to say no, because I'm a white man. And he walked away, he walked down the stairs. And I remember being so confused in my head as to what that meant. I'm like, what do you mean? You're a white man, right? You're a white man. I didn't know that. It was a different type of man, yeah. Like, this is news to me. Hmm. 
Meanwhile, seven years old, at seven years old, you can perceive a lot, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> right, again, yeah. You know, you know that my, so my brother Joe, for example, he has dark skin, dark hair, dark eyes and everything, and he looks quite indigenous. And um, so this whole idea of, you know, my dad's a white man mm-hmm. and my mom is native or my mom's an Indian. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's news to me. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Totally blew my mind at that age. So... I guess what I'm getting at is like, I think we create these labels. We create these identities within ourselves of like, you know, you're this and I'm that. Right. Which is the illusion of separation. Right. Right. Which is, I think what you're trying to nail yeah. at here. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, know how you got that out of it. I mumbled everything. Yeah. <laughs> the illusion of separation. Right. And, um, so growing up, I had this like, okay, this one part of me is indigenous. This other part of me is white. I go to school. I go to elementary school, predominantly white kids. My friends are all white kids. But then, you know, I go and visit my my aunties, my uncles on the res and, and we're native, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like this weird, like, okay, well, who am I? Like, I don't know what the hell I am. I remember when I was like about 13, 12 or 13 years old, I went to this cultural camp you know, um, we call it cultural camp, right? I don't know. So it was this place on reserve and, you know, got to live in nature and, you know, canoe and hunt moose and learn about indigeneity and what that means and all this. And I remember hopping on the bus and, you know, there's a bunch of my cousins on there too, but like, you know, a bunch of kids from from the kids from the res and, and hopping on the bus with my brother, Joe, my brother, Joe, for all intents and purposes, looks very native and he is, you know, has just more genetics of that type. But anyways, and, and the, the bus driver looks at me and he goes, Muniass, which is Cree word for a white man. Mm. And they all called me Muniass for like the entire two weeks that I was there. I was like, what the fuck? Like, really? you know what I mean? And it just kind of caused this whole like not knowing where I fit in into this whole narrative of like indigenous knowledge and Western knowledge and right. all this stuff. And just kind mm. of like, so, so it's funny. What do you say to me? Right. Like when you're like, so, you're indigenous, but you're also white. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe I still don't know who, what I am, but anyways. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, what coming back to something you said earlier, but like, you know, you hear it's top down news. Mm-hmm. The news is talking about these, these narratives, these stories that, you know, indigenous people are reclaiming their land back and, you know, all this. Well, I think what I, what I, what I can see is I can see this triggering a lot of fear within people, right. you know, a lot of fear that, you know, oh my God, I might lose my land or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I would say, well, if that's triggering fear within you, that's something to look at mm-hmm. and to let go of. Right? right. Because when you let go of fear, then you can move into higher states like courage like acceptance mm-hmm. and love. Right. And maybe this is a part of, you know, Canada, whatever, atoning for its sins, mm. so to speak. Right? right. Yeah. Like including more indigenous, um, consultations, I guess, in right. terms of like land usage and, right. and whatnot. Like it's not a bad thing. It's not something to be afraid of. In right. fact, that's that maybe that is actually love and acceptance right. in action. Right. 
But if you read the headlines, it's almost, it's not like it's, you know, this is, doesn't seem like it's a good thing, or it seems like this is a point of contention, right? But again, this is... Well, this probably is, just your perception. Right, exactly, right? right? Yeah, if, if you're you, reading a certain headline or the way it kind of comes out, but is your, you, your yeah, yeah, sure, they might be trying to paint a certain narrative, but at the same time, how much that triggers me is, is up to me, right? Yeah. I have to specifically work. If you can view that in a state of neutrality, in a state of acceptance, then you're, you know, evolved past the point of being triggered by it, you know, which is through the process of letting go, the mechanism of surrendering and letting go of your beliefs and your stories and your ideas of what you think the world is and whatnot. Right. But yeah, if you can see that in a light of acceptance, it Mm. may shift the perspective. A little right. bit, which, you know, Course in Murals talks about miracles being a shift in perception. Right. It is a huge shift in perception that's happening. And it's, yeah, it's not easy, right? And you don't even need this, the, the 10 grams of psilocybin for yeah. this one for it to, like, it, it's just a, it's un, all sorts of uncomfortable everywhere you look when you turn on the news these days. And it is, I think, again, like all based and I'm happy you took it there with the illusion of separation because that kind of is that, yeah, you, you do have, a, you do have a deep understanding of what, you are right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it is more than just white or indigenous. It is something greater, and it's so easy to get kind of sucked back down into this separation and keep us, you know, just again distracted with this ultimate truth. But I do find that people are starting to look at this and and um, look at everything they're seeing in the news and sitting with it and saying, like, is this what's true? Like, where mm-hmm. you know, are we really? Is there really an other there, or is this really a problem or or yeah. whatnot? Right? And it's um, well, yeah, and that's just it, right? Like, if you can let go of the fear right? Like, just let go. Like, okay, so, so what if I lose my land? So what? Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to die. Right. You're going to still be okay. Right. You know, life goes on. Right. You'll find new ways of being and existing. You're going to be okay. Just the same way as like, so what? I, who cares? I don't have the gym anymore. So what? Who cares? Right. You know, I'm okay. It's I'm that, that doing fear. great. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and that comes from that, like, recognizing the illusion for what it is. It's an illusion, right? right? So the, the knowing that you're greater than your physical body, the knowing that you are one with everything, mm-hmm. there is no you and I, there is only us, we, right. right? Right. So if we can start to see each other as, and this is going to sound like hippy dippy shit, but like, you know, if we can see each other as brothers and sisters is like, okay, like, like it's not, you know, Right. Uh, the Cowboys versus the Indians. Right. Yeah. It's, there's just all of us yeah. and we all need to work together. And there's land and we need to live on it and we need and, to and, discuss whose land is this? How do we want to share it? Well, the whole concept to of ownership yeah. is completely absurd. If you really think about it, mm-hmm. like I think Charles was saying to me the other day, she's like, oh yeah, like Alberta wants to sell off the Rocky mountains. And I was like, what how the fuck? How do you sell the Rocky mountains? So you can just sell the Rocky. What do you mean you're going to, it's a Rocky it's Rocky yeah. fucking mountains, man. <laughs> How do you, How sell, do you sell the Rocky mountains? Who buys mountains? Yeah. And like, so this whole concept of ownership is totally foreign. And I think, you know, indigenous peoples really know this truth is like, you can't own land. You know, land is, is mother. Mm. She's like mother earth this is much right. greater than us. Yeah. You know, we're only here for like what 
on average 78 years, 80 years, something like that. Right. Like, okay, the planet's been here for yeah. 4.5, I don't even know. Right. What is it? Five billion years. Four point five billion or something. Four point like five yeah. billion. Something six like six thousand years, if you believe in young Earth theory. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Six thousand. Holy. Either way, either that. way, more than more than our lifetime. Right. Right. And right. like that idea of you know we don't. Yeah, what is it? We we don't inherit the Earth from our from our grandfathers. We borrow it from our children. Mm. Right. That whole oh, nice. idea of like okay, like maybe ownership is actually just an illusion that we've created right. to give us a sense of security. Yeah. To give us a sense of safety, which is rooted in illusion, mm-hmm. right? Maybe your sense of security, your sense of safety is, should be rooted in something much deeper, much greater, much more robust than right. the illusion of ownership. And I think that's where we're seeing a lot of contention is right. arguing and bickering over who owns what land. Well, I'm sorry, guys, but nobody can own it. Mm. We're talking about Mother Nature here, right? you know, and... Maybe a better solution, maybe this conflict is actually creating more chaos and more, you know, Mm. the the conflict itself is creating more damage than it's worth. And maybe the better solution would be to recognize the inherent, I don't know, dignity within all of us and And the earth itself. Find a way to work together and move on. Mm. Yeah, I like so much of what you're saying there. And um, yeah, as someone who's always looked at things from like an ownership, you know, it's, it's capitalism. So I get that land ownership's a thing, but yeah, it just doesn't, uh, doesn't always sit well with me in the sense that, yeah, like we can't take this stuff with us. So it's, you know, just looking at that relationship with the land, I think is an important thing for, uh, the, our culture to learn. Right. And yeah, I mean, Western, Western culture to learn is just having a different relationship with the land. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's core to the idea of rewilding is, is getting into ownership. I don't have answers as to know the best way to like use land and stuff like that. I just know that, um, mm-hmm. we need access to places like forests and, and, yeah. and clean rivers and clean air and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. Well, we need access to it because we are nature. Well, thank you. And that's just it. We are getting back to realizing that we yeah. are nature. And I think that's part of this pendulum swinging where, yeah. you know, uh, settlers came in. And I think the uh, the First Nations that lived here knew that very, very well, that they're part of nature. And now, you know, I think people like my parents, grandparents are starting to understand that too, mm-hmm. right? So it's just, again, amalgamation. It's not to say that Indigenous uh, land management is the only way, like I've learned a lot about different things that might be considered indigenous land management, like permaculture say, and it's like, can't we all come together here and make one beautiful garden yeah. here on this place and feed all of us in a sustainable way? I'd like, I, I truly do believe so. That's why I don't love seeing all this like separation stuff in, in well, the news. Yeah. And, and I think it all just comes back to love, right? Like that's what love would do. Mm-hmm. Love wouldn't, you know, extract resources from the earth at an unsustainable pace, Cause that's going to lead to death. That's going to lead to, you know, um, yeah. Non-life affirmative right. ways of doing things. Without right? doubt. Yeah. So if we can come to a place of acceptance and love, not only for ourselves, but also for each other and let that be the guiding force. And I know that sounds very hippy dippy, mm-hmm. but it's true. You know, it's very true. I love it a lot. I, um, I think we're hitting the, the hour mark here oh. and, uh, go for another hour. I want to go for another hour. <laughs> but I'm thinking about the listeners and I'm thinking about, um, well, I, I think that's a great way to kind of wrap up this whole conversation about your, you know, your spiritual journey. Um, and I just think it's a unique story that 
I'm so happy to share here because yeah, we're kind of in this time where it's like, there's this no individual story. It's just, here's the collective story. This is mm-hmm. what it is. And to hear yours and just to have it centered around, uh, just love and light. I think it's, I think it's the new, the new wave of things. So, yeah. um, so that said, this is a segue into asking you the question. I don't think I asked you last time you were in, and it's that, uh, cornerstone question that I ask all guests and I'll throw it on you now. And that is what is your wildest dream for the earth? here today it changes all the time i'm sure but you might have a, a grand one it it's be, pretty grand yeah yeah what's that it's you know it's just to live in harmony and if you really kind of meditate on that and contemplate on what that word means harmony means mm-hmm. balance means homeostasis means love mm-hmm. means peace acceptance of one another and and balance in all things so that would be my greatest dream for the earth yeah. um how much time do we have Oh, you got all the time in the world. We keep going, man. <laughs> so, no, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And a really cool trippy book that you can uh, get your hands on is a book called The Ultimate Journey by Robert Monroe. Maybe it's just called The Ultimate Journey, but either way, Ultimate, Ultimate Journey. Journey by Robert Monroe. And uh, he goes on about his experience of astral travel, and it's just absolutely fascinating. And he ta- he recounts this um, this experience he had where he went to an earth that was where the inhabitants were all just living in utter harmony with nature. I mean, they didn't even need clothes because they were so in tune with themselves that they could kind of regulate their own internal thermostat. And they, like, they didn't need shelter. They didn't need these things. From from an aerial view, you couldn't even tell that there was a civilization living on the ground because they were that connected with nature, mm-hmm. right? Wow. And it's just absolutely fascinating. And, and then, and then it was, so it was the humans and they communicate telepathically with one another. They could hear each other's thoughts and feelings. And, and, you know, he talks about mm. how they were all fit and there was mm. no obesity. There's no disease or anything like that. Right. And then he talks about how this actually occurred on earth millions of years ago. Which is like just mind blowing. Right. So, you know, doesn't mean that it you have to believe that story or not, but mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, my ultimate dream would be that we all live learn to live in connection with each other and not in conflict. Right. You know, there's yeah. I'll just leave it at that. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think coming from you, like you say, given, you know, your 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 mom's a native First Nations and your dad's a settler white guy and here you are created from both of them mm-hmm. god bless them but here you are talking about harmony right now in this day and age so it's just yeah i mean i'm i think it's symbolic of a great way to start off uh, this year for this podcast so yeah thanks for saying that and it's just it's a topic i mumbled all the way around and i didn't know how to ask questions but i think mm-hmm. you you know i think you i really i think you knew what i was getting after and i think you put it together quite well so i thank you for saying all that and um yeah anything else you want to uh throw a shout out or say anything about or uh how can folks find uh, what you're doing now because last year it was simple they you know they well, it was bpm but what are, how, how Google how to get fit in london ontario yeah that's what it was last that's, year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but no, what so, are you what are you so, what are you uh, yeah. doing mostly here yeah. nowadays no that's, that's good, keeping you good question so uh what, are they, what i do now so i do online health coaching so right. you know uh fitness nutrition Stress management, that's a big one. And mindset coaching, so I do that remotely online. So anyone, if you're listening to this in the world and you need some 
better health. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Colin D Jacks, C O L I N D J A C K S. Um, that's probably the easiest way to find me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to this and you kind of want to experience some of the like altered states, I also mm-hmm. run a weekly breath work class right. on Zoom. So you can join in wherever you are in the world at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Yep. 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Eastern time. Yep. Yeah. When you say the world, you got to let them know which time zone calling. Yeah. So, so <laughs> got to get with the times, man. <laughs> Sorry, I've been doing um, this podcast game for a year now. I'm getting, yeah, getting yeah, a little bit better. Yeah, you know the little, little details. Bit better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can uh, tune into that. And uh, that's that's pretty right. much what I'm doing, what you're doing yeah. for the most part. Just health coaching online yeah. and, um, you know, doing breathwork classes and then just living life. Sweet man. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for you living life and sharing the story here with us. So thanks again. And, uh, yeah, thanks everybody out there for listening. I uh, really do appreciate it. And I will make sure that everything is left in the show notes so you can find Colin here. Awesome. Sound good. Thanks brother. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, thanks everybody again and stay wild. listening to the rewild my bio podcast please subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating if you have enjoyed this episode i have so much gratitude for all of you who continue to share this show with your friends it really does mean so much to me if you want more content from rewild my bio then please check out rewildmybio.com to find previous episodes and sign up for the newsletter in the newsletter i share blogs i have written and reflections from my current health promotion research please follow along on instagram and telegram with the handle at rewild my bio and on Twitter, at Sean Slade. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay wild.